All right. Welcome to the start of a very special, um, absurdly ambitious uh, for us series on the Jankyard, uh, in which we're going to be talking to members of the community about the community we're building and what's brought them to the game, what keeps them playing the game, what they find meaningful about it. Um, so yes, the people who like to talk about silly cut the strings strategies are now going to try and talk about community building. Um, I don't know if this is the best idea, but it's an idea we're going after and it comes from a place of uh, deep love and care for the game. So um, we are kicking it off with a very special pair of guests. Um, we are recording this in Pride Month. Uh, we may not actually be able to release this in Pride Month, but um, we want to. We thought we wish, should talk about, uh, given the month, what it means to build an inclusive community uh, that celebrates everyone's identity. And so, uh, Nick, who is the Nick Conley, the lead designer of Ashes, has agreed to join us, and so has Flora Snow, who is fresh off of her Rookie of the Year award as granted by Killer Cactus unilaterally, but we all agree, uh, and has become a pillar of the community um, and a really sensitive and inclusive voice on issues like gendering hope correctly, for example, and why that's important. So really excited to have this conversation uh, and really glad that uh, Nick and Flora agreed to take us up on it. So um thought we could start just at a high level about how we make the community as inclusive as possible for new players in general from all identities, like just in terms of what the experience is of getting people on board in the game. And this is something that both of you have invested a ton of time and effort in. So, and I should say, by the way, that this is Schmendrick's talking. Uh, Nick is also, uh, or sorry, the treatment. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give your real name treatment oh, no. is also here with me <laughs> he's outed me hello everyone yeah so i'm gonna I'll, t I'll toss it to you nick conley first on on this question but um nick you've been a huge force behind designing ashcon to bring new players in the game which has been the place where we've seen the biggest influxes of new players and irregular players at least from the online community jump in um flora you've also just organized a new sunhold webcam league. I just played my first game. It was great uh, to try and take the place of the team covenant league. So ask each of you, Nick first, you know, how are we doing on bringing in new players? Like, what are you seeing in terms of what the new player experiences at this point? I think it's been a really good time lately. I think the introduction of red rains mode has done a lot to let people try the game that may not have otherwise. And I've definitely seen an influx of new members to the community, uh, especially becoming like regulars around the discord talking about the game in every which way. So that's always really reassuring to see uh, new people coming in, especially off the release of a pretty ambitious new project. Uh, so I've been, I've been pleased to see that and, uh, seeing different events being built even around some of what Red Reigns has brought, like the the deck building restrictions uh, can be applied to a PvP tournament, which uh, Dijon of Ashtacky fame, I believe, is organizing. And that's been cool to see. And just a lot of stories of people playing the game physically. I mean, Discord is where we all group up as kind of our worldwide Ashes community, but the anecdotes about people playing in person are uh, definitely prevalent. 
Yeah, I've noticed that too. It's been really fun to see uh, people jump in. And there's the PVE channel in the Discord is always hopping with people bringing custom stuff, giving game reports. It's really cool to see. Um, Flora, what about you? What are you seeing as uh, our reigning rookie of the year? Are you? Uh, what's your What's your sense of the new player experience right now? Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely noticed a lot of new players jumping in with PVE, which is super cool to see. Some of them are kind of making the the jump to PVP. Some are content to just keep playing Red Rain. So that's still cool. Um, you mentioned I started up the new webcam league that just started. We're in the first week of season one here. So I don't know how many people have managed to get their games in, but I'm really hoping that that fills some of the gap that the Team Covenant League is leaving behind because that was a really great place for people who wanted to play the game and play with their physical cards and didn't want to necessarily jump in too much to competitive. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how I wanted to run Sunhold League and how competitive I wanted it to be and realized that it really needs to just be like a no stakes thing. There are a lot of people looking for that. Yeah, I'm glad it was no stakes because Shadowfire stopped me and I, I found the only <laughs> deck I had built and I couldn't remember what I was thinking when I put it together. But I took the time to put 30 physical cards together and it's what I had, so I played it, but it was rough. So thank you for keeping it low stakes. <laughs> um, what? So Flora, I mean... Obviously, the new player experience is different now. People coming in via PVE. What brought you to Ashes originally? Like, how did you find it? What what appealed to you about the game? So I had had friends who played Magic, and I've always been interested in like the concept of Magic and like a fun dueling card game. But like the concept of actually like Magic was dreadful and I did not want to play magic. I didn't want to get into every all of the baggage that I think comes with magic. Um so I just kind of looked up what other games were around and I saw Ashes and something about it really grabbed me. Definitely the 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 release model that's not not packs and is you know just buying all the cards was definitely a great thing to me and i think dice are fun oh yeah <laughs> dice are fun objectively dice are fun <laughs> nick i wonder if you can talk about what your aspirations are for the community of ashes I, you know you you're really intentional about how you're building it and i think we've all noticed in the way that you use card design and art direction lore um, you're pulling a lot of levers, I think, to an, what seems like an intentional way, but would love to hear you just talk a little bit about what it is you're trying to build community-wise with Ashes. Sure. Uh, from the ground up, a big goal of mine had always been accessibility to the game. And I think the release model kind of reflects that. I think it's all a pretty good deal or attainable to grow your collection as you see fit and be able to play with multiple people out of uh, one product and expanding that idea with PVE, of course. 
So I just want everyone to enjoy this game that I fell in love with when it first came out. And there's a lot of different ways to go about doing that. And it's great to see the community kind of creating what they want as well. And uh, one thing that I want to help out with that is offering more prize support to tournament organizers. I got this huge box behind me of what? extra Team Covenant promos since they oh. closed their league. Uh, <laughs> I talked to Steven and he's like, do you have any use for these? And I'm like, I'm sure I can find some people that would like that. So Flora's just hoping there's an Aridel in there. I know <laughs> she is. She's just, please say there's an Aridel. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. You did get it. Finally. It's all the rest of them. But I'm sure there is one in there. I think we printed like a thousand packs of each of the promos when we did the, the print run for Team Covenant, and they did not have 1,000 one members each. playing. So <laughs> I just need to <laughs> get myself together and start shipping those out to people or figure something out because I I don't need to be sitting on all these. So uh, more the merrier. I mean, uh, I do know that like prize support is very exciting when there's like a limited edition or special quality to it. But I've also been on the side where I'm like, oh man, I didn't get that one promo and I'm going to be missing out on that. So I just want to throw them everywhere. And uh, Gen Con will certainly be a place for that. I'll have I'll have everything I got there and given it out uh, for wow. the tournament. So come on down to Gen Con. This is going to be our most listened to episode just on the basis of the discovery that there's like 960 or so packs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we can, if we can just do uh, an AshCon every month for the next year, you know, that'll hit with 50 people, let's say. Perfect. That would be good. <laughs> you can get through a lot of them. Um, so, in, I mean, you were, you mentioned like part of your, your design is intentional and, um, I think we talked about this, uh, the last time we had you on, but in terms of the design of characters and the lore, um, that you've added, especially more recently with some, some history on Brennan and, um, hope being, well, I guess technically not new anymore. We're, we're well past that, but still one of the more recent Phoenix Borns introduced, um, how important is it to you and how, uh, I guess, intentional is it when you're designing new cards and especially if and when new Phoenixborn come along um, to design with intentional representation? However, you see sort of that being described um, and in the many facets, obviously, that Ashes already has a lot of diversity. Um, I don't play really that many games, but as far as I know, um, you know, Ashes is quite diverse in the in the character set of the Phoenix Born. For starters, I really have to credit Isaac for having this uh, level of intentionality with respect to this topic uh, since 2015. And I mean, how much the world has changed and time has passed since that. He really was, I think, a pioneer in uh, making representation of primary focus of board game design and he continues to do so as i as i see his next design uh, coming out i met up with him recently and got to play test his 
Wild Gardens games and I'm like, oh, these characters are just so cool and trendy looking and very diverse and fun. So I just love I love his focus on that. So when the torch was passed to me, I made it a point to try my best to continue that. And, uh, you know, from whatever point of view I have, whatever uh, group identities I consider myself a part of is only a single perspective. And that's not the entirety of the community that we have. And it's just important as I'm designing characters to make sure I'm expanding beyond what I know as myself. So with Hope in particular, there had not been a non-binary Phoenix born to my knowledge. And I, I guess I revealed that through just the preview article referring to Hope with they, them pronouns. And uh, I did that with intentionality because the um, people that identify that way are a part of my life and a part of my community, and they deserve to see themselves reflected in uh, this game that we all enjoy. And it it made an impact. It, it started conversations. It affected the way people uh, spoke and communicated with each other on Discord. It's... It was important, and I I don't think we have to exclude our hobbies from uh, such topics, and uh, that respect in which we treat the characters in the game extends to the way we respect each other within our community. So I I thought that was the appropriate and important kind of boundary to, to expand to. Yeah, it's great, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and and for from. A player perspective and also as a very vocal member of our community um and and vocal uh i guess defender i guess you might say of the hope character and the proper use of pronouns how do you relate to um the representation in ashes or um how important is it to you and how different is ashes perhaps compared to other games that you might engage in or other gaming communities that you might engage in? I think one of the big things with Hope was just like as I was like finding the game and trying to decide if I, it was a game I wanted to play and seeing them as that be a canonically non-binary character like was just like a little sign to me of like oh this is a game made by people who presumably like actually care about trans rights there's always the risk that that's not the case and it's just you know throwing it in there but you know presumably and of course you do um and a good chance that the community hopefully takes that well and is a supportive community and so just seeing them just be a character as I'm coming into this game was just like a nice bit of comfort knowing that most likely like this is going to be a good supportive community um which is it's it's a daunting thing sometimes joining a new community and I think tabletop gaming and card gaming 
is generally a really welcoming community, but there are definitely pockets of it that aren't. So having that was really just just really nice to be there. Um, and that's that is a big part of why I am so adamant on always trying to correct people if they do misgender hope, which generally is coming from just like making a little mistake and not any any sort of malice, but just trying to be vigilant because even though they are, you know, a fictional character that is not really capable of being harmed by this, there are non-binary people who it really matters to them. And it's seeing that respect shown to even fictional characters is very important. Yeah, I mean, it... Um... It struck me. I've been part of conversations. Um, I mean, in the Ashes Discord server about trying to correct pronoun use and elsewhere, and um, it is, it does feel like a really valuable way, not just beneficial to the people who are being represented in the game, but beneficial to all the rest of us who have, you know, I'm a cisgender heterosexual white guy and i think it's really valuable to give me a space where that gender identity is put front and center i have a space where i can talk about it and remind myself why it's important to use people's preferred pronouns and also recognize the impact it has on others but it is still like you said it's a fictional character and so if someone makes a mistake you haven't alienated a fellow member of your community in that exact moment, but it still creates a very real learning opportunity. So it is, I think it's, to me, it's always struck me as really valuable, not just for the people who are finding representation, but all for all the rest of us who want to be allies to have a way of really using this language, getting used to using they, them pronouns, which is just unusual for some folks if they haven't, if they don't have binary, uh, non-binary folks in their lives um, to give them a, a place to do that. Yeah, I think... I think it's important. I mean, at some point in my life, there was the first time I came across the concept of non-binary identity, and it takes time to process that and understand that. And if this is a way to present that to people that haven't seen it or heard of it yet or... um have any kind of negativity towards it is I think an opportunity to reconsider that and um, our, our community really champions those values and I, I, I think there's good social reinforcement when you see everybody respecting this you want to uh, extend that to yourself as well and th there's just no reason to be mean <laughs> i mean yeah obviously that that's it's simple to say um but unfortunately especially in a lot of gaming communities maybe more so in online video games um slurs and other forms of homophobia are often used especially over voice chat um and so i'm just wondering and this is an open question to to all of you what do you think it is either about card game or board game communities in general or maybe even just ashes specifically that um lends itself to being more inclusive 
even though, you know, for the most part, all of us uh, play online. Um, I mean, you know, it is a physical card game and, and sometimes we're fortunate to play physically, but it's still by and large an online invisible person on the other side of of the game um and sometimes not even voice chat being involved so what do you think it is about about this discord community about the ashes community um that lends itself to being more inclusive i mean definitely just even even though with ashes we are mostly playing online it is it's a tabletop game and that the history on that is playing in person with people, which is very different from like a call of duty lobby where you've got some anonymous stranger and you're never going to have to talk to him again. Once the game ends and you can be as mean as you want and have no real consequences. And just even, even though we're playing online, I think, I think that's why I think that's a big part of like, tabletop gaming being generally such a welcoming place is because it is really about like building up communities with people in a way that like online video games are not always. I think another special thing with Ashes Reborn in particular is it was a product of 2020 and at that time, social connection was really valuable. And we had uh, an online community with a shared interest. And you don't want to lose that. You, uh, yeah, communicating with other people and feeling something joyful. Like it, it was just super important at that time. And uh, I'm glad to see that so many people have kind of settled into the discord around here and we all know each other uh, quite well just from playing games with each other uh, over the years it's been already so uh, i think maybe that has another special factor in uh in how we got to where we are today yep um i do think there is something to the fact that you know it's uh you can't be an anonymous, um, like Flora said, you can't be an anonymous bomb thrower in an, uh, in a tabletop game. You're going to have to own your, um, points of view. And, um, there does seem to be something special that was created in, in relaunching the game in the midst of the pandemic, which I, you know, has to be one of the scariest <laughs> economic from an economics point of view, scariest moments to launch a, a card game, but that's the moment in which I found it. And, you know, I found it through team covenant videos and it was really meaningful to me to find almost immediately such a welcoming discord community. I mean, Matt Bowers was very cheerful while he stomped me oh, yes. <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> on tabletop simulator, but super nice about it. Of course. So that really sets the tone. I love Matt. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about hope and the decision to introduce them. Um, as a non-binary character, or at least using they, them pronouns. Um, Brennan has a more complicated history, I think. And um, I feel like her identity is still evolving in some ways. And I'm curious both to hear from Flora about how you read that character and then Nick, where you see that character going. I mean, we've, we've seen, 
in Jericho, some big character development over the course of a couple releases of Ashes, which is weird to say about a card game, but uh, we've got precedent for it. So Flora, would love to hear you reflect. Yeah. Um, Brennan is very complicated. I, I hesitate to call them like actual trans representation necessarily, but in a way they definitely are. Um, I think what's, I think the most meaningful thing right now is it feels like where he's at as a character right now is very, very much in a place of being able to kind of question his gender and determine determine that more for himself and i i have been using just any all pronouns for them um just kind of whichever one comes to my head is what i've been doing recently just the first one i grab is the one i use um but i think i think that's really special as like a place for a character to be that was i mean for context i started coming out just under two years ago now so i was i was there not too long ago and it was like a really like exciting and also terrifying time in my life as i was kind of working through that myself and Mm -hmm. i i love seeing that in her and that's that like that's what i see where she's at right now is is that because of course, so much of her story is also tied to trauma and mm-hmm. trauma specifically tied to her gender. And I think it's a fine line sometimes with that kind of story to not not accidentally walk it into like, oh, trans people are trans because of trauma, mm-hmm. which is obviously not true, but I think it is generally fair to say that most most trans people and honestly most people in general have some kind of trauma that to to work through and i think it's it's really special seeing seeing them in a place to to heal from that trauma and really be whoever they want to be yeah i'm really glad you were a part of the discussion flora on Brennan because this kind of all came to surface with the release of uh, the Corpse of Vero set where Brennan was re-released and uh, the questions inevitably came up and there were certain um, understandings of Brennan's story based on like uh, interviews with Isaac and like what was written about Brennan on like the packaging and like 1.0. So it like, it was a very like muddied and confusing story of what, what was going on with Brennan. And uh, I was kind of, I had to reflect on that as I was re-releasing this character and kind of taking these re-releases as an opportunity to 
develop these characters. I didn't want to keep doing more Phoenix porn right now when we have such a beloved cast of characters already. I felt like it was an opportunity to go deeper with what we had and uh, Brennan being a really challenging character to figure all that out with. I even had a phone call with Isaac to get more information about it and what he thought on it. And he gave me the blessing to go ahead and write Brennan as, as my character now. So uh, it, it was, it was all a lot to figure out and I couldn't do it alone. It really took that community conversation to understand everybody's understanding of Brennan and is is any way to refer to Brennan disrespectful or what? Is there anything problematic we're navigating or kind of tokenizing with Brennan? So all that to say, uh, I'm, I'm happy with where we landed with any pronouns being acceptable for Brennan and not not kind of assuming a trans identity for them and not um what else? not it basically i think it gives brennan autonomy to not be put into any kind of box or understanding by other people and it's really that that freedom for that character to be who they want to be and Pronouns are just a piece of that, but I think going beyond that, the the concept of Brennan's new card, Change of Heart, kind of foregoing the the violence of Spirit Burn was something interesting that I wanted to try out. One thing that, that has interested me, um, or maybe even surprised me, being part of the Discord community, um, as well as even the, the Team Covenant Discord, uh, is how often new members ask about the lore of the characters um in the game like to me i'm perhaps more mechanics oriented and that's what pulled me into the game but uh it you know and the first time i thought oh that's you know some people are just more interested in that but very often people come in and and are craving the lore and the history of the phoenix born and the world of argaya and this is a little shout out uh, to our local member, Oxirador, who has compiled all of the little tidbits of lore from both 1.0 and Reborn um, and everything that has ever been written on a package <laughs> or in a rule book or even on the cards themselves, um, which is awesome. And and effectively, now we have it all on uh, our wiki, which is really cool. But it's it's really neat when it's all of a sudden all brought together um to see that bigger world and that bigger picture and obviously it's it's not nearly complete or or even very full for many of the characters what do you see as part of the game design um like how important is that to you is it sort of world first and then here are the things that come about or are you um more interested in like here's how things will just fit in naturally to what is already established so i kind of enjoy the 
softer world building elements that ashes has and i know that's probably unsatisfying for a number of people to hear um but it's it's not a strong suit of mine and i i kind of just will create characters as as they come to mind and i think oh yeah i could i could see them being here um it's not it's not something that like i put a lot of like revision and uh deep thematic connections uh, interlinking things. But I mean, I, I definitely have a picture in my mind of the settings we're at for each release. And especially with the Red Rains releases coming up, they're more explicitly uh, in a city within the world. So kind of each release has the name of the city that they're fighting in. So like the corpse of Veros, Veros is Noah's city. And then the frost wilds in the upcoming release uh, is kind of the region outside of Rin's area. So I, I do like kind of doing the world building through visual uh, on the cards. And it, it's really fun to build those. But I mean, even that can be tricky to do because we work with, multiple artists and pieces come as they come over the span of, of months. So it's it's kind of hard to orchestrate that all together when I also am like primarily working on like card design and making it fun and then balancing it. So uh, I, I wish I could do more with that. I don't really know how to yet. I really like the writing that Mr. Bistro, our writer on staff, does when we do these releases. He did this really cool series leading up to the Red Rains release with these just different excerpts from around the world. And I, I think there's something definitely enjoyable about there being a mystery there of who such and such is or what even the world looks like. What's the level of technology around in different places? Um, that, that I think there's something enjoyable there, but Ashes very much reads like an anime, and there's a desire for like all of it to be connected and laid out and understood to some degree, and I, I totally get that. Yeah, some some of those pieces were dark. Uh, I, I think there's one in the kitchen or whatever with oh God, bodies yeah. everywhere. I was like, whoa, that is a heavy bit of uh, <laughs> writing oh, yeah. right there. He can definitely crank out the horror writing like nobody else. So I was pretty shocked reading that one, but I was like, all right, go for it. <laughs> In terms of level of technology, we know there are coffee shops because of Shepherd of Lost Souls, everyone's favorite barista. <laughs> I like the glasses. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> I also like the glasses. I just—it's such a classic uh, gag. I think yeah. Impossible Germans, the real hater of Shepherd. Um, nah. I, yeah, I feel like there are a ton of really interesting stories to tell about our guy and its people, and um, I mean it what I find so fascinating about like what the art has done is that it, um, I do feel like they're just some weird character. Like it does not feel like a generic fantasy setting. Like you have refused all calls to put a traditional dragon in. I mean, corpse of Viros got pretty uh, as close <laughs> as we're probably going to get to actually seeing a dragon, but like 
We don't have real dragons. We have donut dogs, or I guess they're dogs with singularities on their backs and <laughs> mirror spirits. I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I'm not responsible for that one. Yeah, I still don't know what that's supposed to be. Accre- accretion discs. <laughs> Who knows what they are? But I just, yeah, I think uh, our guy feels like a rich, a rich world to do world building in. And I, I would love if I ever quit my full-time job, maybe I'll get into some fanfic, but it just feels like we are, there's so many stories to tell. I hope people lend a hand. Well, uh, so throw back to you and and Flora as players um, and, uh, and well, Schmen as part of playtest group as well. What, where do you guys see either, um, gaps or or potential at least for expanding like whether that's further you know inclusive phoenixborn designs or which characters would you like to see explored more um in upcoming backstories for red rains oh yeah i'm i'm definitely open for suggestions or wish lists for where we want the upcoming phoenix born to be going i'm working on the divine art direction and the illusion deck design not too far after that hey, i am definitely invested in seeing what gets done with hope there's not with how light the lore is i don't know that there's a whole lot of room to really like do any like deeper exploration of there being non-binary uh but i am excited to see uh definitely since hope and vicky are going to be in that same set i am looking forward to what what that can be because i think the fact that they are old friends acquaintances something uh gets introduced in in hope set and that's just a really cool thing to explore or were um, they friends? Yeah. Is it just a someday. time illusion? Nobody knows. <laughs> oh, ke- keepsake is the interesting card. I guess between keepsake and um, and memory theft, there's a lot of potential confusion as to what memories are, are real and what actually happened to them in their backstories. Because keepsake, yeah. I think, is the one that shows them together in the room, right? And then memory theft is very similar, but it's Leo taking, at least in this case, Vicky's memory uh, away or or implanting something. Who knows? Yeah, I love that it's not clear. Oh, that's some some lore implications if you really dive into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think that level of mystery for illusion magic specifically is just really cool. And it, it... it's good not to have answers when it comes to that magic type. And I think that it really adds to kind of the, the dark fantasy tones that ashes has, despite having like really colorful art. Uh, there's some really, really interesting, dark, dark themes in there too. I mentioned one a long time ago. I, there, there was a whole conversation about when hope came out, where future designs could go and what was available. And one that I had thought about was given that there, the whole story of the Phoenix born in the chimera, there's war, um, but they're all in perfect health seemingly. And I always thought it would, might be interesting to have 
a Phoenix born that was designed um, as either differently abled or, or one that had suffered sort of like a, a war veteran, right. Had suffered some sort of permanent injury um, and sort of the, it would start from that point moving forward um, mm-hmm. to, to further cover sort of, you know, different representations of people and, and um, in the world of Argaya. Yeah. I, I've thought about that too. And I feel like I have more research to do before I feel uh, capable to make any kind of, a character design like that. Um, I I can't represent what I am not before talking to others and trying to understand it and uh, get getting opinions like that. So um, if anybody has any information on that and would like to have a conversation with me, uh, my discord is always open, but yeah, because like you know, I I don't always know. Can 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 you just create characters um, to represent different types of people without fully understanding it? That there's certainly probably ways that it can be done wrong, and I I just want to make sure I'm I'm doing it with um an informed lens. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a lot of room for some good good disabled rep in the game potentially especially i do think like fantasy genre does often kind of have bad disabled rep or just limited to none um i know one of the tropes that i'm really tired of is the sort of like oh they're disabled but that's actually what makes them like magically special kind of trope that I want to stop seeing and that's that's such a pervasive one in like fantasy um, I think there's a lot of room for much better disabled rap that is like yeah they are disabled this is a disability that impacts them in a real way but that they have this accommodation for and like that's how they get through it There, it's something I am in regards to disability rap, I am, I'm autistic, so I am kind of seeing, looking at autistic rap a lot and the ways that it is sometimes very good and sometimes awful, and so. Yeah, yeah. thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to go a much more boring direction, which is that in my my head canon, I'm very excited about the corporate politics within the Vermilion Council, <laughs> because oh. there seem to be these different authors of these spell books who are collecting things, like I did this whole long post on Discord about all of the different art uh, that had similarities and speculating as to what the factions within the Vermilion Council were out, like collecting the Lightbringer books versus the oh, uh, Salamander Monk. So you're going to be disappointed <laughs> with the reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm. All right. Well, maybe I'll just try and preempt it with my own fanfic. This just gets my. I'll read it and I'll be like, "Wow, sharp eye you got there." That's exactly right. 
<laughs> there you have it. So uh, Schmendrix wants more bureaucrats in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. We are, well, we have laws, um, so we need the law writers. Write what you know, you know? That's, that's what they say. Yeah. I do think the Vermilion Council ought to get a little bit more um, screen time on some cards. I've, I've definitely been... I, I want to do something so big for the time set, because it's going to be it's gonna the be final crazy. one. And it, just the fact that we have such a good cast of characters planned for that set it's it's just got to be something but i don't know what it is yet <laughs> and it's getting closer and closer jericho and rowan definitely are some of the the more lore heavy phoenix born so that's gonna be an epic show yeah. really the, fun they were on. so fun i loved writing and coming up with the concept for rowan that's that's probably one of the most fun chapters in ash's design history for me and figuring out how to make that dang discovery card work oh he was garbage for like the longest time and i thought he was still pretty weak on release we hadn't really cracked the code with him i don't think but i I feel like he came out just fine and he's just got a sick carl on that question yeah yeah i I just watched carl just absolutely masterfully play Rowan today. And it was like, oh, okay. Because he's one of my worst win rates. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I could learn something. Yeah, playing Rowan, I feel like, is such a flex. It's so cool. It's tough. It's a different it, It's a different um, plan than yeah. a lot of the rest of them. Um, I just, I wanted to circle back just because we obviously, I think we hammered Nick a lot about um, general game design, but um, Schmen, you were mentioning about sort of being more welcoming um, for new members and, and also inclusivity. It made me think of uh, because we are not without uh, our own past issues uh, on the Discord. We we once had a relatively new member join the community and as a result ultimately of of hope being released and misusing pronouns um a huge argument and discussion uh that i thought ultimately was very insightful and and proved useful um in the end occurred over i think it was multiple hours if not half a day um i wanted to know from you flora what like if you reflect how was that handled um or or what uh, you know how could it have been handled perhaps better um in terms of i don't know um i don't want to say you know convincing or, or whatever but at the time it definitely felt um on one hand it was great to see the community rallying behind sort of a shared view about inclusivity but at the same time i I thought to myself is this going on the other side where it's 50 people coming out and and you know being very adamant and not i don't know it it was just a very complex situation that day and i I would be interested to know what your thoughts were yeah i'll say i kind of 
set the ball rolling on that with just a, a message of like, hey, please stop misgendering hope and then kind of just step back uh, because I was I was getting upset. I'd had a long day. I was, it had been a recurring problem. I tried to just say something nice and then they kind of said like, no, I'm not going to. And I was like, okay, I'm stepping back. I'm letting everyone else handle this. And I definitely appreciate it everyone kind of jumping in and being like, no, like this is the most minor of requests that you are unwilling to unwilling to do here and the way that that all resolved. Yeah. I, yeah. I think um, the, the most straightforward thing in a situation like this is just defer to the Discord community rules. And if the rules aren't clear enough on a particular situation that can be amended. But um, yeah, instead of kind of leaving it in the hands of uh, the collective to kind of uh, self-regulate uh, these these conflicts, I, I think that is a, a nice way to keep things clear and direct. It's what you agree to when you join the server and you can be kicked from it uh, for breaking those rules. So it's as simple as that, I think. I agree, Nick. I mean, I think the moderation rules should take precedence. I also think, you know, from a community standpoint, and I will admit, I um, I think my challenge, one of my challenges as an ally, which I aspire to be, is trying to appropriately walk the line between backing up people who are more directly affected by comments like that um and also not and leaving enough space to give people a way of updating their understandings in a way that's like kind and an invitation instead of a more aggressive mm -hmm. <laughs> you know don't do that but i do think but i do think that's the an important line to walk and i don't think we should read these situations necessarily as successful or unsuccessful because yeah. the person who was misgendering hope decided to leave. Like, I think that's ultimately their decision. I don't think it was a moderator inspired move. And I think mm -hmm. the conversation was intense and that a lot of people were participating, but I think um, overall, I thought the conversation tried to be quite kind and offer multiple invitations for that person to update their understanding. And I think if someone ultimately decides to leave, we should ask hard questions about how we participated in the conversation, but I don't think that in and of itself is a failure. You know, I think that person made a choice that made sense for them. And it also, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is important to protect folks in the community and, and it maintain the inclusiveness. So it's a very tricky situation, but I think generally if we participate with good intent, there'll be good outcomes. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. So I guess just to close it out, it's been, it's late where you both are, but Nick curious if you have any aspirations for like what the community of ashes can be. I think, you know, I think we've settled into a hopefully growing, but still quite niche little community. That's very, has fought fosters really close relationships. Like, is that what you'd like to see? What, what do you, what do you want for for the ashes community? 
I think our small community is one of its greatest strengths, just FYI. I, I do think there's something special to that, and there's definitely a desire for continued growth. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I think just taking everything with gratitude is very valuable. I, I know what it's like to lose the Ashes community once. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen again. And I think the kind of the, the way we brought back Ashes, it's, it's well set up to continue for a very long time and uh, be sustainable at this size. So I, I, I love the personal connections that people are having. I love the variety of ways to play people are enjoying and uh, cultivating themselves. And even if people disappear, sometimes they come back. And I, I think as long as we're... Philly. <laughs> Philly cheese, longtime player. Oh, yes. Waiting on it, waiting on that moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just grateful for what we have. And I hope the game continues to bring joy for people every day they engage with it. We've nailed that. Thanks, man. Except Yay. today, because Schmen beat me <laughs> horribly. <laughs> Every other day yeah, is great. I played spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Flora, what about you? Any closing thoughts about what we can be as a community? Yeah, I definitely think as far as like growing, it's so great to see new players come in. And it's it's such a thing where like there is definitely I wish I could like show up to my game store and have people who know ashes and want to play but at the same time like this like this is such a tight community and i think we would in some way lose something if it were a way bigger like i couldn't i don't think we'd be nearly the same if it was like the size of magic yeah but mm. yeah uh, another thing I, I do like to see grow is the playtest team. If you really like <laughs> playing Ashes and want to participate in uh, the back end of uh, how it's made. I jumped in in Ashcon and it's it's been a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, Flora joined. She's been a huge contributor. Um, it, it's just fun. Um, we have a good time over there, I think. Uh, you get to see me uh, completely lose my mind every other day. Um, <laughs> That's not true. It's only happened like once. <laughs> I, there's there's some things I'm excited to be able to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And then I yes. do just want to thank the admins of the Ashes Discord for volunteering their time to create that community. And uh, it's like, it's something that Plat Hat should have done themselves, but that these members have taken it upon themselves to create this and just uh, to to be able to have that is uh, is a very generous gift, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. Well, thank you. We're very lucky to have you both. Yeah, uh, amazing both on the on the podcast and around the Discord, and I'm lucky to live pretty close to Flora. We should get together and play our Sunhold Whoa. games in person. Play some Red Rains <laughs> together at some point. We've been yeah. talking about it since it came out. We just have an effort. Yeah. We almost ran a, a heist at the local Denver <laughs> post office to try and break our <laughs> stuck Red Rains boxes out of the out of the mail. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was great to talk to you both. Thanks for taking the time. Thank uh, you yeah, so much very for much. having Thank you. All right. Have a good night. <laughs>